and welcome to your favourite teacher. So we're going to look at dualism in Dr Jekyll and Hyde and the nature of man as Stevenson sees him and this is obviously one of the main themes that Stevenson explores. So dualism comes from the Latin word meaning duo and it means two parts. So we're sort of delving into philosophy here. Um, those of you who do religious studies might know a little bit more about this. But really what we're looking at here is the idea that, as Jekyll puts it, man is not truly one, but truly two. That quote is one of the most important pieces of information to remember in Jekyll and Hyde because it gives us our reason for Jekyll's experiment. And it's really this that Stevenson is exploring. So he believes that he has two sides to his character. I learned the thorough and primitive duality of man. Dualism is the idea that has been around for thousands of years. It used to be considered a body and soul distinction. So we as human beings, I am Miss Meeks and I'm made up of my body, but also my mind, character and emotions are something else, um, a different entity, something that we might call a soul. Now, the concept of a soul is a rather religious one, and we look at how Stevenson tackles religion in the novella. But really, I think to best understand the ideas about humanity he is trying to explore, I, I want you to have a look at yourselves. So who are you? Are you just your body? Are you neurons firing off in your brain? Is that what love is? Are you born as you are, or are you a product of your environment, your upbringing and your society? That's something called determinism. Um, so do you think you are good? If you are good and you do bad things, does that make you bad? Do you have a side of your character that you need to keep hidden, a side that lusts, a side that overindulges, chooses to play on your PlayStation rather than doing your homework or listening to one of my awesome podcasts? And what makes a side sort of win in your mind, that kind of angel devil on the shoulder? These are all things that Stevenson's thinking about. And all of these questions about personal identity were hugely interesting to him, who lived in a society of strict rules. So aspects of people's personalities had to be kept hidden, for example, homosexuality. And it's this idea of hiding a part of yourself that give, gave him his inspiration for our main sort of baddie in the novella, and that's obviously Edward Hyde. Because obviously what you have to realise is that in a world where being yourself wasn't acceptable, people had to lead double lives. In order to protect their respectable reputations, um, they, they sought out places, these sort of underground, dark, um, you know, these alleyways where all of these awful things were going on, all of these crazed sex and drug parties happening and what was seen there kind of just wasn't discussed. Um, and these things always happened in the bad part of town um, and that part that... that um, Stevenson describes is always dark and um, dingy and the light can't even shine through from the from the street lamps. Um, so Dr Jekyll has been battling with this double life and wanted to find a way to explore his dark side without destroying his reputation, which sounds ideal. You can have all the fun and none of the consequences. So he uses his scientific expertise and creates an alter ego for himself, Hyde. Hyde is the embodiment of his dark side. Hyde is given a new identity um, 
place to live and seems to live his life as a completely separate individual. He's portrayed as deformed somehow, quote, which suggests that the evil side to him has affected his physical appearance. He is, quote, dwarfish, hairy and has shrunken limbs, which completely opposes his counterpart, Henry Jekyll. So Stevenson's use of physical appearance assists the reader in feeling sort of fearful of Hyde, really builds in with this gothic genre. The dark side of humanity and the person who indulges in impulse rather than rational actions was seen by a Victorian reader to be much less evolved. Um, People had to learn to control themselves. And if you weren't controlled, you were animalistic. And Stevenson really plays into this stereotype because Hyde is completely uncivilised and given lots of animalistic descriptions. So ape-like fury is a great one that you shouldn't ever forget. And and he describes him using the verb hissing. So this distinguishes him from the respectable civilised Jekyll who's able to exercise restraint. Um, And really... Uh, Stevenson's talking about how there are two parts of us, good and evil. When we think about how we act, um, he's saying that there is an almost a good side and a, and a bad side. And I want you to think about how read how the Victorian readers are going to react to that. So what does it mean then that once Hyde exists, uh, he slowly starts to take over and to destroy Jekyll? Maybe this idea of good and evil is perhaps too neat and too clean. It certainly seems that Jekyll is the good and Hyde is the bad, but I think there's there's other elements to it, because if Hyde was just the good, he wouldn't have needed to indulge. So one of those is perhaps that instead of this good versus bad, one is the conscious and one is the unconscious mind, or the rational Jekyll and the irrational Hyde. So there are many versions of dualism that are explored here, and I think that that's Stevenson's intention. We're supposed to be questioning and dissecting what's happened, and that's very much uh, reflects the time period that he's writing. There's lots of questioning, there's lots of reflection going on. We've um, talked about how it's around the same sort of time as Darwin's origin of the species. People are questioning and reflecting on where we come from. So when does Jekyll stop being Jekyll? And is he still responsible for Hyde's actions? If he's responsible, should he be punished for them? All of this stuff is is less clear-cut to the reader. It makes us also question ideas about responsibility and perhaps looking at sort of the criminal system and insane. If someone was insane, are they responsible for their actions? Should they be put to death in the same way that someone who has calculated and done something? So all of these things are what readers should be thinking about. Um, Hyde's takeover of Jekyll is a lot less clear-cut and it shows that the human condition is not maybe just double but one that is one of a repression of all of these dark urges and that once these dark urges are able to break free it becomes impossible to put them back into place and our true nature the dark nature of man seems to emerge um which is sort of terrifying but you see that in films as well don't you once someone started killing and indulged in that sort of evil nature they then can't stop themselves it's like this beast has broken free 
So um, Jekyll certainly becomes more trapped by Hyde as his darker side grows stronger. Um, when we see him uh, at, at the window, he's described compared to a disconsolate prisoner um, when he's seen peering out of the window. And later, Jekyll describes himself as um, doomed to such a dreadful shipwreck. So the imagery here suggests that once he started down this road, he was unable to turn back. Doomed and prisoner suggests that certain aspects of who we are may be inescapable. Again, great. Um, these images evoke the changing dynamic between Jekyll and Hyde. At first, Hyde was the prisoner trapped within the prison of Dr. Jekyll's good nature and proper manners. But after months of indulging in the potion, now Jekyll is the prisoner and he's now a slave to his own sinful drives. Hyde is taking over inexplicably. And Stevenson, um, he was also very interested in Freud. Um, so Freud was... Um, a psychologist of the time and Freud discusses relationships between the id, the ego and the superego um, and Mr Hyde's unexpected appearances evoke the way that the human unconscious can sort of jump out at any time no matter how rigorously we try and hide it and control ourselves. So there's cultural references here that are hidden um, between this sort of dualistic parable parable sorry on a social level britain was one of two parts um we had reputation and secrecy and we've discussed how people turned a blind eye for um, what was going on in the darker parts of town people found outlets outlets for their um indulgences and Really, this is similar with the age of, of imperialism. So the people of Great Britain claim to be righteous, moral, religious, yet really quite hypocritical because they ignore what's happening at this time, which is that Britain is creating an empire. And to create an empire, you have to stamp on other people. You know, there were brutal interventions in India and Africa and other parts of the world. But but yet, you know, society's there drinking tea and um, acting all civilised and moral. So Stevens is really criticising this gap between appearance and reality. One of the images he uses is um, our clothing. Um, so clothing can be seen as a disguise. And we have, quotes thick cloak of Hyde and Jekyll's house, which wore a great air of wealth and comfort. So this imagery implies a deception. And we, we get that a lot. Um, so the symbols of the door, what's going on behind the door. We have Jekyll's house, the side that people can come into that's lovely. And then the the laboratory that no one enters um characters prioritize their reputation and appearance of respectability over honesty so it's more important how they come across rather than being true to themselves i think this might be another message of stevenson's because jekyll's fate here is a warning of what happens when you are forced to hide away from who you are I'm sorry i just can't help all these puns um so we honestly we I could discuss ideas about the nature of mankind all day for anyone that knows me I am obsessed with this kind of thing and it's definitely one of my favorite aspects of the novella and one that you should try and read into if you can so whatever extract you get you want to look for where duality is whether it's in light and dark whether it's in um, appearance or reality 
so remember duo is two so if you're doing singing a duet it's two people um so we've got also if ever you see any sort of opposition in the way that things are being described um in your extract so um i've already said about light and dark but night and day even the two parts of the town all of these things link back to stevenson's ideas about duality so you can get your understanding marks um by by doing by understanding stevenson's ideas about duality and then the way that he puts them across so your writer's method marks are in being able to spot that he's using light and dark imagery things like that so hopefully that's been helpful and I've not just been waffling on um remember this is one of those themes that you can really like science and religion you can bring into almost any essay because it is the driving force uh for for Stevenson's work so good luck with your revision and I'll be back